0: We're all excited to see what the Chicago Bears are going to do in the NFL draft later this week. But we also need to be prepared for what could happen when things go wrong, especially things outside of the Bears' control. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And on the show today, we try and prepare for some potential worst-case scenarios for the Bears in the draft, as far as things that could happen on draft day that seem the least ideal. There's not necessarily one perfect nightmare scenario and and of course, we want to be within the realm of possibility here, realistic things that could be possible that go poorly and make the draft difficult or less advantageous or just less less ideal than we might want to see for this Bears team. So we'll look at what could happen with some of the things other teams could do that could impact the ability the Bears have to get the kind of players they want in this draft, and also the things Ryan Poles might do that we might not feel like is the best case scenario For your Chicago Bears. And that's where I want to start is something that brings me back to last year's draft. Do you remember going through with the two second round picks? No first round pick. You know, we weren't sure exactly what direction Ryan Poles was going to go. I don't think we saw too many mock drafts that had Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, for example, as your two Bears picks. And I remember going into the second round last year, feeling like there were still some quality wide receivers on the board in that draft. And even when the Bears were on the clock with those two picks, there were still wide receivers that you might have liked. I mean, a lot of people liked George Pickens, for example, but I think Alec Pierce was there at the first pick. And of course, you know, some some guys had come up before the Bears had a chance to get them. But I remember when the Bears went back-to-back defensive backs, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, it wasn't that Bears fans were complaining about those two prospects in a vacuum. There was a lot to like about both of those two players. But there was... Somewhat of a level of a meltdown for the Bears not selecting, for example, a wide receiver in that spot and not selecting an offensive lineman in that spot, opting to go for more of a, you know, best player available type approach. And that happened to be defense. And that didn't happen to be directly next to Justin Fields and be those sort of more closely impacting positions there, like receiver or tackle. Still important. Roles that needed to be filled on the Bears roster, right? They weren't, G- Gordon and Brisker were not luxury picks. They weren't just taking another, say, a running back there in the second round when you still had David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert at the time. You know, those th- those would have been the really frustrating ones, but we weren't necessarily expecting Ryan Poles to do something quite like that. But Bears fans were still mad that they waited until the third round with Valus Jones before they addressed wide receiver. And then, you know, the fifth round is where we finally saw offensive linemen come into the mix. And for me, it feels like, it, maybe it's, I don't want to be like exaggerating here, like worst case scenario sounds worse than this, but we can't sit here and have Ryan Poles wait too long to address the team needs again, like specifically on the offensive side of the ball with the offensive tackle, but also the edge rusher spot too. Like as much as, you know, you do want to not just reach For need, You can't just take a player at a position because you feel like you absolutely have to fill that position there. But somewhere across these first four picks that the Bears have in the top 64, you have to fill some and hopefully all of these needs in some way. Get an edge rusher and at least some sort of defensive lineman. Get a right tackle at some point in those picks. It feels to me like if the Bears get through the first two days of the draft— and don't have an offensive tackle selected, that's a worst case scenario type situation. If they then wait until the fourth round to address tackle, that feels like you're not doing enough to support your quarterback and to support your offense in this position. I mean, maybe you combine a fourth rounder and then you assign another free agent after the draft. You can still, it's not like tackle will go completely unaddressed, but it really, really strongly feels like, man, you have to address that spot and hopefully edge rusher and a few of these other spots too, or else you're really going to be putting your quarterback and your team as a whole in a bad position. And you can't, you can't keep doing that, right? You can't keep leaving these spots for a young quarterback to try and overcome and put these obstacles in, in his way. You have to make it as easy as possible for him and get listen. Like I get it last year. If they didn't view the wide receivers as that good. And you know, the, you only had the two picks, the two second round picks before. You know the third round is when they finally addressed wide receiver. I'm willing to look at that draft and say, okay, yeah, you know what? If you really, you know, if you really felt that way, it's kind of a small sample size. It, to me, it's not saying Ryan Poles is for sure going to blow off needs and, and not address them until later and whatever. But this year, you've got four picks in the top 64. To me, there's there's fewer excuses. There's fewer reasonable explanations as to why somehow, some way, you don't address these big positions of need. Because even if you're on the clock at, at nine and you don't like any of the tackles there, you can trade down. When you're on the clock at 53 or more likely 64 even and you still don't like any of the tackles at that spot, you can still trade down in the third round and go a little bit farther down and, and get a tackle at a spot where you feel like it's then a better value. Maybe it, you're more comfortable using a slightly later pick on the tackle if for some reason at none of those four spots. Do you feel like there's absolutely a tackle that you can take and feel comfortable with? Like I'm okay with reaching a little bit within within reason, a little bit to get an offensive tackle with one of those picks just so you can go into the third day of the draft knowing that that's settled and not feeling like oh man, now they're going to take another fourth round pick, a fifth round pick. You can't count on finding another Braxton Jones. And even Braxton Jones like good, but not like Great, not a a pro Bowl, but like good and promising and want to see further development there, right? But you can't make that the plan at right tackle and the plan at left tackle. Like that's not, you need to prioritize that position more and make it a bigger part of your team building strategy. And if, you know, they try to sign big names and off in for agency, but by being unable to do so, you now have to prioritize it in the draft. And I think it's, the Bears can't afford to not take a tackle. And that's why it falls under this worst case scenario situation for me. That's something the Bears have some control over. But I think there are other scenarios here, especially, I think, in the first round with how these picks could play out that would feel like a worst case scenario for the Chicago Bears. We'll go through what that might look like and and why there's even some plausibility to it next on Locked on Bears. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process because we're always growing and changing. But therapy is about deepening that self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or we think we know what we want and we don't know why we react the way we do until we talk through things. And our friends at BetterHelp are here to connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery wherever you are. I do online therapy Every single week, it's an important part of my mental health regimen. It's an important part of me being the best person that I can and living the best life that I can. I think about how I go to the gym to take care of my body. I go to therapy to help take care of our mind. And BetterHelp is here to help you discover your potential. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's com slash locked on. Ryan Poles can only control so much in this draft. He had complete control when he had the number one overall pick. Now down at nine, he's somewhat at the mercy, at least of what the first eight teams do before him. Certainly, you know, teams can trade up past him. He could, I guess, opt to trade up from nine if he wanted to, but that seems particularly unlikely at this stage of the process. But there's there's some aspect of like, you got to wait and see what's going to happen. And and he can't do much about what players are going to be picked before he decides to pick, short of trading up higher again. But you trade down knowing that you give up some of that control. And I just wonder if there's not a scenario here that seems unlikely, but is plausible to where things don't go the Bears' way and don't shake out well for the Bears' interests across those first eight picks. And the scenario that paints that for me is, what if all of the quarterback-needy teams particularly we're smitten with Bryce Young. Panthers traded up to go get him. All signs point to Bryce Young being the Panthers pick. We're hearing more and more rumors, murmurs, speculation, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if it's quite reporting, but buzz that the Texans really wanted Bryce Young and maybe aren't crazy about CJ Stroud and might just take a defensive player at two or even potentially trade down. And so what if the Colts feel similarly about Bryce Young and, you know, aren't just crazy about Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud or, or Will Levis? And then you got, you know, the, some of the other quarterback needy teams farther down. I mean, we don't think the Seahawks or Lions are probably going to take a quarterback that early, but the Raiders, you know, maybe they're not, maybe, you know, they're all in on Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Maybe they don't feel like these quarterbacks are guys you have to take with the seventh overall pick. You know, the Falcons at eight. Probably could just roll with Desmond Ritter and and then all of a sudden, like even teams past the Bears are saying, Well, none of these quarterbacks are going. Why do I got to trade up to get them? No one seems to be wanting them that bad. And we'll we'll stay here and see if our quarterback's there, but we're not we're not in love with this draft class. And all of a sudden, if one quarterback goes, Bryce Young, number one overall, and then you get non-quarterbacks for the next seven picks, that could drastically eat into the available pool for the Chicago Bears. Well, also potentially if there's not if the interest in this quarterback class is overblown, which I'm not saying it is, but let's let's sort of work through this this worst case scenario here, then all of a sudden you could be left in a situation where no one even wants to trade up to nine with you if you wanted to trade down because other good players are coming off the board. Because these teams are saying, Yeah, actually, we kind of thought about it and Anthony Richardson a lot of accuracy issues in college. You know, big, strong, fast athletic combine freak, but if you just look at just the tape. There's some, there's some, some messy, messy football in there. And are these teams going to be fired up to take him top five in this draft when he needs a lot of work? I mean, we saw Patrick Mahomes fall outside of the top 10. We saw Josh Allen fall to seven or eight. I think even Justin Fields falls to the 11th overall pick, right? We've seen every year on draft day, pretty much quarterbacks, some, at least one quarterback falls. And I think there's a reason to think somebody like Anthony Richardson could be involved in that. We've heard already that Will Will Levis is kind of the consensus last place of the big four quarterbacks. The Kentucky quarterback, Will Levis, has a lot of the similar concerns and flaws as Anthony Richardson, but he's just not nearly as big or fast. So it's just like a toned down version of him. I mean, again, that's oversimplifying, but that's the easy way to think about it when we're not really focused on scouting quarterbacks this year in the draft class. So he's already expected to fall And likely be there when the Bears pick at nine and continue to fall a little bit after that. And now we've got rumors and reports and buzz and speculation coming out about teams maybe not liking C.J. Stroud. And I think maybe intentionally leaking things to make C.J. Stroud seem worse. And, you know, he's kind of the boring quarterback of the group, right? He doesn't he's smart and effective and accurate. And like I would take him for sure. But like he's not big, fast, strong, sexy, you know, high ceiling ridiculous playmaking quarterback, although he does make some really nice plays, but he's more, he's not even a game manager. It's just, he's hes not, he doesn't carry the same ceiling. I, I don't know. He, I still think he's got a pretty decent ceiling, but you know what I mean? He doesn't carry the same excitement, the same. Wow. It's more like, he's more like vegetables. Like he's really good for you and you, you should eat them and you know, please like do it. But like nobody wants to get the vegetables, but I mean some people, but kids especially, right? No, you don't, you're don't. you not getting fired up for the vegetables, but like, oh yeah, these are good for me and I need to eat them and I can make them taste good. and It'll be fine. Whereas like Anthony Richardson's the cake or the candy or whatever. And you're like, oh, I want, I want that. That's, that's fun. So I, I don't think all of the quarterbacks are going to free fall by any means, but we could see this, this perceived interest in the quarterback position be a little bit inflated because teams are, we're trying to, the Bears were trying to generate all this interest in the quarterbacks to get somebody to trade up. And maybe that narrative starts to kind of run with it. But if Bryce Young is the only quarterback that goes before the Bears picks, then eight more guys are going to come off the board that are not quarterbacks. That would be in some order. And, you know, the likes of Will Anderson, maybe Jalen Carter at that point, um, Devon Witherspoon from Illinois, you start to see like, uh, of course, Tyree Wilson, maybe Paris Johnson Jr. comes off the board. We saw there've been some rumors that maybe he could go before the Bears even pick. At this stage of the process, maybe be John Robinson comes off the board there, Christian Gonzalez, and maybe one of the pass rushers, and all of a sudden you're, you're you're sitting at nine and you've got like your second or third favorite offensive tackle or you feel like you'd have to reach for a pass rusher there and maybe JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigbug could still be an option there, although he could go before the Bears do at nine if none of these quarterbacks are filling those spots for teams like the Colts or the Raiders or somebody else trading up to the Cardinals at three or the Texans at two, right? If, if these quarterbacks don't go, Other position players that the Bears might want will come off the board. And all of a sudden you're sitting at nine feeling like there's not a top 10 caliber player that you like at that spot. But nobody wants to trade up with you because they don't want to trade up for these quarterbacks. And why would they trade up for these mediocre players that you don't want to take at nine either? So that to me feels like one of these like outside of the Bears control type worst case scenario situations. Again, I do think the Texans, I'm not, I'm not sold that the Texans are going to take a quarterback, but the Colts will at four the Raiders probably will at seven and somebody will probably trade up to get into the top 10 to take a quarterback, whether it's the Titans or the commanders or maybe the Buccaneers or something like somebody might. I think somebody's going to move up to get one of the quarterbacks that starts to fall. So presumably the Bears should be fine and have their choice of, you know, JSN and the offensive tackles and the pass rushers that they like and everything will be all peachy. But you never know. We, we on the outside don't know nearly as much as we think we do. And there are always major, major surprises on draft day. One of those surprises could be a worst case scenario. If the Bears take a player at nine, there's one in particular that stands out to me as like, if I had to choose the player, I would least like to see Ryan Pohl stay there and draft. It's this guy. And some Bears fans want to see him picked in that spot. I, I think it'd be the worst case scenario. And we'll go through some of that argument and hopefully, you know, put up my shield to, to, to be ready for the types of counter arguments and attacks I might get about B. John Robinson next on Locked on Bears. In no universe can the Chicago Bears stay at the ninth overall pick and take a running back. In this draft, it happens to be B. John Robinson from Texas. We've talked a little bit about. This on the podcast before, but I want to get specifically into like why drafting Bijan Robinson with the ninth overall pick or any pick. Really for the Bears for any pick. I mean, if okay, Bijan Robinson is there at 53, sure, I guess you could take it. You know, that's not gonna happen. He's gonna be drafted before then. We could we could it's a separate argument, but especially in the first round, even if you trade down, I'm not using a top 32 draft pick on B. John Robinson. It's just not a good idea for the Chicago bears. It has nothing to do with whether or not I think B. John Robinson is a good prospect. And he is, a, he is a good prospect. I might not, I don't know if he's as great as everyone wants him to be. Like he's very, very good. This is not about B. John Robinson, not whether B. John Robinson is good or not good. That is not the nexus of the argument. It's, it's a combination of a, the positional value of taking any running back in that spot. B. I think the real lack of need on the Chicago bears roster, but see like just the use of draft capital comparatively to everything else that the bears need. Like I was, I mean the only other position that would be worse to take would be linebacker, I think because you just spent so much money at that spot and you, you got a young guy in Sanborn, like you draft a linebacker. There's not really a place for them to play this year or next year, or maybe even the year after that, like even a safety You wonder how many more years Eddie Jackson will be in Chicago, right? We don't know. Big contract approaching the age of 30, not a Ryan Poles draft pick. Like we could, we could reasonably think that there's a chance, maybe not a high chance, but there's a chance Eddie Jackson is gone in the next two seasons and a rookie could be developing and, and take over that, I guess. But like the running back spot, you got Khalil Herbert, you got Donta Foreman, signed Travis Homer, you got Tristan Ebner, like you're good. Yes, Bijan Robinson is better than all four of those players. It's not about Bijan Robinson not being better than all those four players, but you have needs to fill. You have positions that desperately need you to invest draft draft capital in them. Not only just like the purely needs position, but positions that would benefit so much more. You would your roster would gain more so much more by investing draft capital in even even the wide receiver position than the running back position. You, you can only, you know, this, this Bears offense, rarely do you put two running backs on the field at the same time. Presumably, if you take a running back, he's going to be on the field and pretty much be the only one on the field. There are rare exceptions, but that's that's how that's going to go. So you have talent at that position and and only so many snaps to go around. But You can add more snaps and more talent at wide receiver and find playing time for them. You can add more talent and more snaps at tight end and find playing time for them because you're able to use them in more ways, and they have more of an impact individually on your offense. Running back just doesn't. Robinson, as a receiver, certainly offers more than what the Bears have at that spot, and that's a way he could have a bigger impact. But generally speaking, the the success of a running back, certainly in the running game, tends to be more about the offensive line than the back themselves. The the back can do a little bit more and can can take a good play and do a great play, and Robinson is certainly capable of doing that. But largely across the NFL, you see... The teams that rush the best, it, it, it's more reflective of the quality of their offensive line's run blocking than it is the quality of their running backs. There are only a few running backs in the NFL that truly make a huge difference year over year, regardless of the run blocking that they have in front of them. That, you know, like the, the, the Saquon Barkley, the, the Derrick Henry, maybe the Christian McCaffreys of the world. Everybody else is a lot more offensive line dependent than we might think. And I'm, uh, Bijan Robinson's very good. I'm not sold that he's that back. I think he's going to be very good in the NFL and have a long, successful career and be a thousand yard rusher every year. Is he elevates the level of play beyond his offensive line in the NFL level? I'm, I'm not, I'm not super sold. That's, that's part of the problem here. The other part of the problem here is that running back careers are short. Running backs are a dime a dozen. They're easy to find. And almost certainly there will be a running back in this draft taken in the second, third, fourth, fifth round that is just as productive as Bijan Robinson over the course of their career. Every single season, we see very, very good running backs taken in the third, fourth, fifth round, and that often the first running back drafted or the running backs drafted in the first round don't end up being the best backs in their class. It is easier to find really good running backs than it is to find really good players at pretty much every other position. And so when you have a premium draft pick that has you that gives you the capital to get your best chance at a really good player at any position that you want, right? That's on the board. Why would you use such a golden opportunity to upgrade positions that are hard to upgrade and use that instead on a, on a position like running back that is a lot easier to upgrade? It's easier to find those players in free agency. It's easier to find those players in the draft. And they don't tend to last as long or have as productive and full careers as other players at other positions. It's just not a wise investment to use a top 10 pick or for me and and specifically for the Bears, any first round pick at running back. If I was a team that was really needy at running back and felt like if I just get this stud running back that can put me from a borderline playoff team to a Super Bowl team can make my, can take my offense, this big step forward. We can have that discussion and that argument for another team. The Bears are not that team. Robinson would add something to this roster for sure. And it would make, for a dynamic duo with Justin Fields in the backfield, I get why it's fun and exciting, but it's like trying to it's like buying a sports car, a really expensive sports car when you're on a when you're on a cheap budget when you don't make a lot of money but you want to, I mean, you want to buy the sports car because it's fun and it's flashy and exciting, but it's not a good idea it It would be cool, but it's too much of a luxury that we cannot afford right now. We have other bills that we need to pay and we got we just got a paycheck. The ninth overall pick is our paycheck. We can use that paycheck to pay our electric bill, to pay our rent, to pay for our groceries, or we can use that paycheck to go get a sports car. Bijan Robinson is a sports car. And if we buy the sports car, we still got to find a way to pay our groceries, our rent, and our bills. And it's going to be a lot more tough to do so when we could have just used the sports car money to go pay one of those bills with the ninth overall pick and get somebody that's going to just get the job done for something you really need as opposed to something that the sports car is going to be, maybe it's going to drive really fast, but it might not last very long and be, and a little bit unreliable or expensive to repair. And there's plenty of other cars out there. It's really easy to get cars. It's really easy to get around. You have transportation already. You have a car. You know, it's not like you don't have a car. You got a couple of cars. They're, they're you know, they're good, good gas mileage. They're not going to go zero to 60 as fast as a sports car. They don't have the, the nice red paint on there, or whatever. But it's, you know, you're, you got your Toyota Corolla in the car. I love Toyota Corollas. This is not an insult. I One of my favorite cars. Absolutely. I, I drive a Hyundai Elantra. Maybe you got an Elantra in the car, in the, in the garage. We don't need to go buy a sports car. Let's 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 pay our bills and, and put gas in the car that we have to make sure that like this house that we're working on that's Justin Fields like the foundation is good to go and and then worry about the the sports car stuff later. If I was if I was someone who just needed that sports car to put it, put it all together, I mean, the analogy falls apart. But like sports car is like the last the last like bucket list thing I needed, and then and then I'm good to go. That put me over the top into the Super Bowl and we're making good money. Like okay, sports cars. Some teams can afford sports cars. The Chicago Bears. Cannot afford sports cars right now. That's what Bijan Robinson is. Nothing to do with the car not being cool or good or great. But like, let's let's pay our bills first and get our sports car later on. That's the analogy I'm using for Bijan Robinson. I'm sticking to it, whether you like it or not. We'd love to hear what you think a worst case scenario for the Bears in this draft would be. Let us know in the comments on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel. Tweet us at Lockdown Bears. Post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group as well. Sure, I will hear from the Bijan Robinson fans out there. I get it. I really do. It's just not, I don't, I don't think it's in the best interest of this Bears football team. But I still want to hear from you. I want to hear from all of you who tune in each and every day on the Locked On Bears podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen today and hopefully every single day. We love our everydayers out there tuning in five days a week to get you ready for the NFL draft. And as we get closer to draft day, one of the things I want to start getting into here is the biggest questions that the Chicago Bears need to answer in the upcoming NFL draft. And I think it'll be tomorrow's podcast, but if not, it is coming later this week before draft day and really kind of understand okay, in one way or another, what do we need to get answers to from these draft picks from this draft day? So be on the lookout for that coming up on Locked on Bears. And of course, you have to be on the lookout for your next opportunity to bear down.